Hi guys, I'm Courtney Fox. And I'm Kathleen Ackert, and we would like to welcome you to Meg's Front Page. This is your podcast to bring you up close and personal with authors who have published recent articles in JMEG and to keep you up to date with the latest in evidence-based practice. Today's podcast features Dr. Jamie Croft. She is here today to discuss her recent publication in JMEG, Surgical Outcomes Between Routes of Hysterectomy in Patients with a Previous Cesarean Section. Thank you so much, Dr. Croft, for coming with us today to join our podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you practice? Sure. So I am an obstetrician gynecologist in Toronto, Canada. I am based at Sunnybrook Health Sciences Centre, which is an academic institution in Toronto. We actually have an AAGL fellowship training program. We're one of three Canadian AAGL um, sites. And I'm also affiliated with the University of Toronto. And some of us crazy physicians in Canada do both obstetrics and minimally invasive gynecologic surgery. And I'm one of those people that still practice both. So what was the inspiration for your study? So very interesting. My husband is actually a urologist. And he really keeps up to date much more than I do with reading journal articles. And he's always up on the literature. And he was actually reading an um, JAMA surgery article. And that article looked at a study um, looking at outcomes for hysterectomy in patients that have had a previous C-section. And he said, you know, I think you could do this with our Ontario data set and could even do it better. So that's um, how it came to be. And he is actually the senior author on the paper because we do a lot of collaborations together. He has a focus in health services research and population data research. And so that's how we combined efforts and, um, and, and came up with this paper. And what were you expecting to find in your study? So when we started, you know, I actually thought as somebody that uh, mostly performs laparoscopic surgery, my feeling was that we would probably see that laparoscopic hysterectomy would have a lower rate of complications. I was always taught as a trainee that there would be an increased risk with vaginal hysterectomy in patients that have had previous uh, C-sections, at least one, if not more. And I know a lot of other practitioners have some reservations about using the vaginal approach for um, patients that have had a previous C-section. Whereas, you know, even though that's also an increased risk laparoscopically, we can see everything a little bit better as we dissect. And so that was our initial hypothesis that we would see a lower rate of complications in the laparoscopic um, group. So that's what you were expecting to find. What were your findings and outcomes for patient who underwent a hysterectomy after cesarean section? So we actually found that when looking at our composite of surgical complications, we found that patients with previous uh, the uh, vaginal hysterectomy had the lowest uh, rate of complication in our study. And that was compared to the abdominal and laparoscopic approaches for patients with a previous cesarean section. 
So it basically showed that vaginal hysterectomy is still the preferred mode of hysterectomy, even with a prior cesarean section. And what were your secondary outcomes? Yeah, and obviously we have to take that with a grain of salt because it is a retrospective population um, based study and not a randomized control trial, although that would be very difficult to look at with a prospective RCT. So the other, um, and that's because, you know, obviously, surgeons will have a preference and, um, you know, may not perform vaginal hysterectomy in certain cases with certain patients or case factors. Um, And so that's why I'm saying that we have to take it with a grain of salt, but at least we could say it definitely shouldn't be a contraindication to the vaginal approach. And in terms of our secondary outcomes, we looked at a number of things. We looked at rate of genitourinary complications specifically as uh, these were the ones that we felt may have an increased risk specifically for patients with previous C-section because of the bladder dissection that is often performed at the time of C-section. And we also looked at readmission to hospital and emergency department visit occurring within 30 days of surgery. There were a couple other secondary outcomes that we had intended to look at that we weren't able to look at because they occurred so infrequently within our study population. And so there weren't enough outcomes to look at them with any significant power. So what should minimally invasive GYN surgeons take away from this study in patients with a prior cesarean delivery? I think the main thing is that if you're a minimally invasive gynecologic surgeon that has you know, a good expertise in vaginal surgery, that you could definitely feel reassured that it shouldn't be a contraindication if your patient has had um, at least one cesarean section. And um, that, you know, it's important to use judgment, um, like we all do when deciding what approach is best. And obviously, in the regular population, we all know that vaginal hysterectomy is preferred followed by the laparoscopic approach, but some cases just don't warrant that. And we have to use the judgment about the patient factors as well as, you know, other factors related to the procedure in determining whether the vaginal approach is feasible. Definitely. I feel like a lot of minimally invasive gynecologic surgeons often get referred more complex cases with a pain factor. And so that might make the vaginal approach challenging just because of the visibility that comes along with the laparoscopic approach. But still, I think it's it's reassuring to some of the physicians who might be proficient with vaginal surgery, but be a little bit apprehensive because of the prior cesarean section. So I do think that that's very helpful. You know, as you said, some cases, as as MIS surgeons, we get referred more complicated cases. For example, a patient that's had more than one cesarean section. You know, I had a patient with five previous cesarean sections. That was an extremely complicated bladder dissection with significant adhesions. And, you know, I would never have have attempted that vaginally. So that's why I'm saying it depends on the other factors. I I think the other thing um, that we saw in our study that, that, again, you have to take with a grain of salt is that 
the study period was over a pretty long amount of time. So we looked at um, cases that were done between 2002 and 2018. So we know that our ability to carry out a laparoscopic hysterectomy has really progressed over that time period in terms of skill level and the technologies that we have available to us. And so I think that, and we, and we showed in our study that the laparoscopic approach was used more, more recently, and that the rate of complications were less more recently compared to in the past for all of the approaches. And so, you know, if we just look at one of those time periods, for example, the more recent ones, we may actually indeed find that there are less complications laparoscopically. And I know a lot of our trainees, for example, graduating staff feel a lot more comfortable laparoscopically, even than abdominally, for sure, vaginally. So I think it also depends on surgeon skill level. And we did see that uh, surgeons that had more years of experience also had lower rates of complication in this study. What future directions do you see coming after this publication? Do you think there's a way to encourage training in vaginal hysterectomies? I mean, I think that's something we talk about a lot uh, is how we can train residents and fellows and keep up the vaginal hysterectomy skill so that it's not something that is a lost skill. And, um, you know, I think that with the decrease in, you know, duty hours and call requirements and less time in the OR, certainly after um, COVID, it, that was a big impact in surgical training. Uh, but overall, at least um, for Canadians, we have had a real issue with um, OR time. And so we want to make sure that we can increase opportunities for trainees. So I think we really have to use simulation as much as possible to try to improve education and maintain that skill so that it's not a dying art. At the same time, I think it would be really interesting to look at the group who had more than one C-section, for example, to see if the rate of complication was different between the roots of hysterectomy as um, I know that uh, for our paper, at least, it was a very small proportion of patients that actually had a vaginal hysterectomy after two C-sections, only 64 patients. And, and there was only just over 300 patients that had a laparoscopic hysterectomy after two previous, uh, at least two previous C-sections. So I think it would be interesting to do a little bit more exploration in the group that had more than one C-section to see if those differences in complication rates still stood up because that population did have a higher rate of complication in general. And I also think that it would be interesting to look at the types of complications themselves because the secondary outcomes when looking at uh, readmission uh, to hospital and emergency department visit, the group with vaginal hysterectomy had less chance of emergency department visit, but a higher chance of readmission to hospital. 
And uh, the opposite was true for the laparoscopic hysterectomy group. So it'd be nice to look at those complications in more detail to see why that's happening and whether there's anything we can do to optimize the post-operative course for these patients. Well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast today, Dr. Croft. This paper was wonderful. I feel so inspired to do so many vag tests now uh, to convince mm-hmm. things to book them. Hopefully this inspires um, other attendings and fellows to, you know, start with a vaginal approach. If it doesn't work, you know, go on to one of your other approaches. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And uh, I hope at the very least it's shown that Um, Although we can't say for certain because of the retrospective nature, this is what's happening in our province. So at least um, if surgeons are picking the cases to do vaginally, they're picking right. So even if they are some of the less complicated cases, um, they're using good judgment. And I think that that's also what we have to teach our trainees and it is to use that judgment to choose appropriately and with that can can come good surgical outcomes for our patients. Yes, that's an excellent takeaway point that judgment is key in surgical planning and using your, you know, experience and comfort level to choose the most appropriate mode of hysterectomy for your patient. The other thing to keep in mind with our study is that um, there are very few robotic platforms and there's no, uh, it's not widely used in Canada and there's no way within our administrative databases to identify whether a case was done robotically. So it would be grouped in as a laparoscopic case. And so we can't really say whether or not um there's any difference. Although there are um, studies that have shown no significant benefits over the laparoscopic approach for patient outcomes. So I don't think it was a huge limitation of our data set. Thank you so much for your time. This has been another episode of MIGS Front Page. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for our next episodes. 